0: so hey josh thanks again for coming on to do this uh, discussion after your interview so just it'll be useful just people listening to this just get a bit of an idea about yourself so where are you working at the moment
1: so I'm currently IMT3 at Basildon Hospital. I did a training in Leeds initially at university, did BSE in cardiovascular medicine at Leeds as well. And then I got academic foundation program at York. So did my F1, F2 there, and then come down to East England for my internal medical training.
0: Nice. And so what, just straight through, no breaks?
1: Yeah, no breaks. Still <laughs> <So laughs> chugging <I'm checking laughs> out. Very Thai
0: paper. So, so many people in cardiology like that. So you've, and, so, and you are AFP cardiology as well?
1: Yes, so I did that in cardiovascular rehabilitation research, yeah.
0: And then, so were you fairly, had a fair idea from early on that you were going to be applying for cardiology, or was this, how did, how did you come to cardiology, or were you like tossing up between to a few different things?
1: No, I'll be honest with you, I, I knew I wanted to do cardiology before I went to university, so I only applied for cardiology, that yeah. was the only thing for me, so but I didn't get that, I didn't have much other options, unfortunately, but <laughs> just go with what you love, yeah. <laughs> good good
0: and then in terms of your like just a few of the things you've done so you've done a you've done a bsc yep. you've obviously done an afp in cardiology so how do you in like preparation you've had this in your mind you're preparing for this interview and its application process quite a long time so what kind of things did you have in your cv and run up to
1: the interview sure actually to be honest with you in terms of things that i did was mainly just for myself and trying to make me as well-rounded as possible and actually it was only until i got into IMT uh, without being quite crude with the the words actually then I started to technically play the game because there were certain things that I knew I had to achieve to get the points because actually for instance one thing that I had at medical school was uh, I had a heart research scholarship for five years where well, I did research on cardiac MRI and actually it scores you no points it's just it's obviously something great to talk about but it, it doesn't come under a specific heading so you lose that points in, in the shortlisting. So then I sort of realized you have to to do certain things to achieve those goals but yeah I think it's very good in general just be covering all aspects because that's what they're looking for and that's that's what they want and and they'll also improve you as a clinician so just because you want to do clinical work doing some research doing some leadership management doing your QI is all things you have to do on a day-to-day basis anyway so by preparing for that then you've already got that in your bag
0: yeah no no very true I mean it's I I think we were all going to say the interviews and the application process is probably the best of, it's a slightly flawed process but it's the best process we do have at the moment and yeah they can be quite unwieldy those uh those short listings and it's a, what, kind of in the run-up to applying for cardiology like how did you how did you feel about like the application process were you nervous were you worried a number this year or were you like oh, quietly up and well prepared for this
1: yeah i mean i think my cv and what i've tried to do has all been unfortunately or unfortunately for me off my own back so i had to be quite proactive. i'm sure a lot of other IMT trainees may be able to sympathize with me in the fact that they may not have got as much exposure to cardiology as they want, not only due to COVID, but just due to the fact that you don't have a choice in your rotations, So you don't get as much exposure as you'd like. So I was slightly worried about that because at the end of the day, there's a lot of other people there who may have a lot more knowledge than me. But I guess that's the idea of going into training. I think one thing that I would advise a lot of people is that the interview is, unfortunately, that is the golden moment. It doesn't really matter how good your shortlisting score is. It helps. Every, every little helps. you so jumping up a point, as I'm sure you'll explain to people, can make a massive difference. But unfortunately, that 30, 40 minutes, is, that's how they judge you, whether people think it's fair or not. So I think just practising that, getting used to people that you can never have too much practice, because at the end of the day, it's a very high-pressured situation. So something that you have to adapt to.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's staggering just how many marks come down to the interview and actually your shortlist score. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that has an impact but nowhere near as much as the actual those 30 minutes and so obviously this year is I suppose different to your IMT interview because imagine your IMT interview was face-to-face and so this was probably your first Zoom interview mm. uh, how did how did how did you find approaching that
1: I've got to say I'm still not a massive fan of Zoom interviews but if it's the way that the world is evidently changing I think we just have to to roll with it I'm, I'm much I feel much more personal in person. It makes a massive difference shaking someone's hand. And um, I think, as you say, even just say speaking to you now is another moment of exposure where you're one-on-one with someone and you have to try and get your personality across. I think it's it can be quite easily lost behind a camera. So you have to really, unfortunately, focus on driving that passion through because they won't be able to see that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's certainly almost another separate skill, interviewing and then just interviewing well on, on songs. I'd say in terms of your preparation now for the interview so how did you how did you go about preparing preparing this
1: sure so first and foremost i'll be honest with you the majority of me feeling more comfortable and ready for the interview came from you guys optimize so just the fact that we had that day we were able to to practice it felt like as close to uh, an interview situation as we would have got when we had those practice situations and if i if we could have replicated that more then that would have been the, the best opportunity other things I've had is I've, I've co- approached multiple consultants and asked for advice and tried to arrange uh, mock interviews. I wasn't actually able to do that because unfortunately most of them sort of said, you'll, you'll be fine, I've got no concerns. It wasn't very helpful, but at the end of the day, I think spe- even just arranging meetings and speaking to consultants one-on-one just gives you that, might just give you that confidence or getting used to speaking to people who are more senior, to you so you feel very comfortable because... Yes, they are experts in their field, but they are just a human being like yourself at the end of the day. So you just need to get used to that sort of interaction because at the end of the day, they're trying to train you and you're going to be sort of their predecessors. So you're just something you have to get used to, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, no abs- absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> nice to hear that you found the course very useful now. And the, in terms of the other thing we actually to get some people, the video library. Did you, how did you use that? Did you find it useful, not so useful?
1: So I, I found the video library really useful, I think. The only thing that I did really is I only watched the, the good answers because I felt like by listening to the bad answers, sometimes I was listening to a bad answer. And thought, oh, that was all right. And then realized actually it wasn't, it wasn't the, the good one. So that was the only thing with me. I just made sure I just listened to the good ones just to like imprint it in my head. But I think it is really useful because reading books and it's just a different way of learning. isn't it? I'm, I'm quite, I learn very well from watching and listening to things. So, and it makes it quite useful if you're like on the way to work or whatever like that. It's you know, it's quite adaptable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll ask you to go. And then so the actual interview day itself. So how did it, how did it run? Obviously you log on to, you log on to Zoom, was it Zoom or Teams they did it on you? I think it was Teams, yeah. I so what, you log on to Teams and there was a, well, talk, talk me through, was there, did you have yeah, to- so, a
1: there, there was an admin person uh, there who basically asked you to show you the the room to make sure no one else is there. I'm not sure how that could help you, but <laughs> um, the, the answers. yeah. And then it was pretty much straight in, to honest with you. You had two consultants both in different locations. I think one was in Manchester, one was in Bristol. They introduced themselves and they sort of took mm-hmm. it in turns running through the station. So that was only, from what I can hear from previous trainees, quite a nice thing, but also quite a dangerous thing in the fact that if you establish quite a good rapport with the consultants, then you're with them the whole time. So you haven't got to worry about the fact that they haven't, they don't know your previous answers or they do, that makes sense. So it was quite run through and made it a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, I suppose, that yeah, definitely one of the... Uh... It <laughs> could be a positive or England, And so and how and how did it feel? Did it feel, did it feel like a, a back and forth, or did you feel like you were speaking for you know four minutes at a time and then they'd wait for you to finish and then ask you another completely separate question?
1: For me, I'll be honest with you. Actually, normally I can talk for England, but I was quite aware of the fact that I wanted to give the answers quite precise and not waffle on too much. And actually at points they was like, Oh, we're actually ahead of schedule, not so I don't know that's just the way I answer it on the day because at the end of the day, how much you practice your answer is always going to be slightly variable. But I did feel like they they were always there to try and help you say, for instance, you weren't quite, you know, you said something and then they would lead you in the right way. So they're they're definitely not working against you at the same time. It's similar to like, if you're doing a pace exam, they're quite poker face. They're not going to give you much, even in the the personal bit, they don't really smile or, you know, whatever you've done, they just sort of note it down.
0: Yeah. And then so... Like reflecting reflecting back on the actual interview itself now, I mean, how did you find how did you find that let's, let's think about the suitability and equipment the Station? How did you find that? Was it what you expected or
1: i be the interviewing actually was easier in certain points than I thought and was completely different on other cases. Like the suitability was complete actually I found it quite difficult and, and not what I was expecting, as in I'd been told by a lot of people that they don't tend to to ask questions or you don't have you shouldn't answer in a specific way about where you'll be in say five years time because you never know who you're speaking to Because you're speaking to an EP consultant and you're really interested in the intervention then people always told me to play that card quite you know discreet and that was the first question so I didn't because I, I wasn't really expecting it I wasn't entirely sure how to plan I, I sort of changed the answer in the sense that I was aware of the fact that it's now dual credit medicine and that have to do a fellowship in the subspecialty that I'm interested to, to do so actually if I wanted to truly commit an answer I would have said about intervention but I don't know how they how they mark that to honest with you but I think they otherwise it's quite bog standard to honest with you and they ask you about your career but obviously they all the only thing they're interested in is cardiology they don't want you to really talk about the fact that you've done two cycles in an audit that's got nothing to do with it so I think you have to be quite concise and to the point with that
0: yeah as yeah i suppose that's it you can you can mention that you've done some other stuff but the, re- the stuff that you really want to bring out cardiologists in waiting
1: and then you're and then you
0: saying your your clinical stations. obviously clinical stations where uh a lot of the marks are so how yeah. did you know well, you got you got full marks in your long long case uh, yes. so Congratulations, congratulations how did you find the clinical case
1: so the clinical cases were obviously, once again not necessarily what i expected to or well, it's something that could come up but not something i expected to come up um, from uh, speaking to a lot of colleagues, they sort of said, you, you know, you'll, you'll likely get an ischemic station and then something else on, on the other side, maybe consenting or something like that. I'd said the fact that I'm FUSIG accredited and that I would perform a FI scan bedside to assess LV function, to assess for an obvious dissection, even prior to doing things. So I think they, they quite like that. And yeah, so then, and then moving forward, for instance, I think in actually in that station, even though I got 10 out of 10, because obviously in trusts you do things differently so I sort of said that I would arrange a CT and just sort of take them straight there and I said is there anything else you wanted to do and I couldn't really think because I think I listed everything off and it's just like really basic because they obviously have a, a process I need to follow I said oh, a chest x-ray and they said oh would you like to see one and then they showed me a chest x-ray so it may not have necessary changes but they've obviously got a set goal of what they what they need to achieve so yeah I mean I think the thing is it's very much similar to your day-to-day practice, but I think on Zoom, what I notice the most in the clinical scenarios is that it's much harder to have a little bit of silence. If I could give anybody advice, is really take your time. I think it's much easier face-to-face to be able to step back and say, right, I need to think for a second, but on Zoom, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to give an answer straight away. And I think reflecting on that, I did well on that station, but on other stages I could have improved by just sitting back for a moment and saying, okay, just give me a second, rather than just jumping straight in.
0: Yeah. I think That's a, a really, really useful piece of advice. I think it's a, a piece of advice some, someone gave me uh, a few years ago before my interview. I, I use it all the time now, but <laughs> even in just in life, because you, to take a second, I think, really, at least really helps the other person think that you're really considering yeah
1: and it seems like a minute to you but it's not so that, that's that's
0: that's a really good tip for uh, people going through the uh, process next year and anything else from the interview in particularly like uh you know one thing i did that you know this really helped or anything particularly that oh, gosh i wish i'd thought of this some more
1: yeah i think things they very much like are personal examples they they want to see that you've actually experienced it they know that people have read up on things but i think personal examples are really useful and as a full safe for anybody, especially with like ethical situations, is having those buzzwords like duty of candor, you know, audit, what, what does that mean to you, ethics. So just having those basic principles means that if you get shocked or stuck on a day, you can revert back to them and you, you'll at least be able to say something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so just, uh, just adding on, so you're obviously, I know we're currently in the midst of the, the whole process and the things so you So, where, where are you currently, where have you currently got an offer for?
1: for east midlands east midlands fantastic so much happier with that at the moment it's yeah. Uh, yeah i'd say i would advise people that things do change he and it as it's, as we've, we found out that people just have different preferences you don't know who's applying at the year it might be that everybody who's really good from scotland you, you just don't know so at the end of the day i think from my experience you just have to take it as it as it comes because it can be a lot of time where you're sat there worrying if I won't I be you don't know who you're up against so I think you just have to see what happens and apply for other jobs if you're in doubt um just because it's it's always a good process to have other interviews and other experiences it just improves you as a person and leaves you've got the fail safe because unfortunately because of the way the process works you know it's it's May now but if somebody needs to reapply well we're reapplying back in November doesn't give you much chance to really have improved your CV to be honest with you so Something to be aware of.
0: And so, in, in just in terms of your interview prep, when did you start?
1: I think I probably started at, at about end of November.
0: Hmm.
1: I think actually trying to sit down and, and work out where I thought I should be, really focusing and honing down on what I need to, how I need to express myself. As I say, unfortunately. They don't know how you are in clinical practice. Um, it would be wonderful if, if they, they could see that. But you have to really get all your skills and your passion across in that 30 to 40 minutes. So that's a skill in itself. But I don't think that preparing really early would be of much help either, to honest with you, because you'll just wear yourself down, I think.
0: There's a it's a it's a really hard struggle in that preparation window. So I think end of member is absolutely fine uh, if you're preparing for the interview. Uh, mm. Great. Well, uh, Josh, thanks so much for uh, speaking today. And
1: oh, thank um, you so much for your help. And I just want to say as well to everybody that have done this, that even though the course has been really useful, but the actual American uh, have afterwards as well. So and it's quite a very good community vibe. that. We, there's a group afterwards, people interacting with each other. So regardless of the interview process, people are still, you know, Barak still giving me advice afterwards, and I, you know, probably made a, a friend in him as well. So it's, it, it's a really worthwhile process just to make everybody aware of that. All right, well, thanks, a Genuine, great.